What's up, guys? We are back. This is The Real Deal with Casey and Jason, where we talk real life, real experiences, and occasionally real estate. I like the intro. You've, you've Props to you on that. Really Solid. slammed that thing. Jason yeah. Jason got it, and then uh, or came up with it, and then like, I here, just rip it. Here, you just fire away with this thing. <laughs> Let's get this rocking. We got a special guest in the studio today. This is a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. A little bit out of the ordinary for us. We generally record on Friday afternoons, had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. Jason had to sell some houses, <laughs> worked out good. Trained some athletes, right? yep. all the above. Good deal. So now we're here on a Saturday. We got Tyler with us. What's up, man? Happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Tyler brought himself only <laughs> Cafe on the Bay. Shout out Cafe on the Bay. Cafe. So he's got some family ties over there. Yeah. Um, Tammy's my mom. Yep. She's, she's the best. She is the best. Always she's working awesome. too hard. Yep. So Tammy, I think the episode we did with Tammy was the most watched. I think we hit right? about 400 views on YouTube. Solid. Yeah. So that is solid. So solid. You got I'm, some work. You got some work to live up to. I do, but I'm I'm an Apple Podcast guy, so I'm subscribed, nice. of course. There we go. Following whatever they call it. So Thank you, dude. I got my podcast, and you're part of my uh, rotation in there. So that's awesome. Appreciate Love what y'all do. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate you, man. So um, thought this would be a cool episode. For a couple reasons. One, Tyler's a great dude. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, fire something. What are yeah, the reasons? Yeah. I like it. I um, like it. First and foremost. But second, <laughs> yes. uh, you just bought your first house. I did. Yes. Congrats, man. Yeah. it's It's been a cool cool journey. Um, really fun to do that. And, uh, of course, you can't do that without a solid team around you. So that's where you guys come in and, of course, other other folks as well. But Thanks, man. you two were pivotal, uh, you know, just huge in making that happen and the whole thing coming together thanks man yeah it helps when we've got a buyer with his ducks in a row <laughs> uh yeah, yeah can't stress yeah. that enough yeah yes. you were on top of getting getting everything in making sure we saw the houses that you wanted to see and of course asked all the right questions yeah and and you guys were always available to me as well so you know jason there was many a times where we went somewhere and i was like yeah this ain't it <laughs> yeah, yeah that happens bail <laughs> out bail out that's, that's a yeah. part that's all right, part we're of it. out of here <laughs> yeah i, I love yeah, yeah. no nah. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you, I think sometimes people think that like if they pull up to a house and they don't like it, like they still have an obligation to walk in because like they, they took me there per se. Mm -hmm. I always tell people like after we see a few, I'm like, if you pull up to some place, you're like, this is definitely not the one. Yeah. That's cool. Like just poke your head out the window and be like, yeah, uh, yeah not this one. And yeah. like, mm -hmm. it's fine. Like it's all good. It actually saves you time, right? Yeah. Not having to tour houses. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, okay. and another thing I'll say is. The three of us have probably known each other, what, four or five years now since yep. I ended up moving to Chesapeake City and then before moving away. Um, but, you know, Casey, you've always been generous um, with your time before I started the process, just mm -hmm. talking with me about things to make sure I have in line and all that. And Jason, I always see you around and, you know, <laughs> giving insights there as well. And, um, you know, I poke my head around Zilla every once in a while before I was fully ready and, yep. you know, sometimes chat with you about that or, or sometimes even you know, uh, your dad as well. So, yeah. you know, yeah. along the way, it's it's something you build up to, which which is huge. It's relationship business for all three of us and what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it goes a long way. And when people's hearts are in the right place, it it shows. Appreciate that, man. Yes. And why don't you tell, um, tell everyone what you do, just so yeah. we can kind of get that out there. Absolutely. So uh, I'm a financial advisor. Uh, I have my office over in Elkton. So I'm up on Main Street. And uh, what I do is I help individuals, families, and occasionally businesses as well. Make sure they got their financial items in order. Um, so it's not just the retirement piece, um, helping out with emergency cash, cash flow, 
getting things of that in order. Occasionally, I'm helping set up wires to make sure title companies get the funds that they need for a house. That's mm-hmm. that's always a fun one. Um, and then also, um, I'll do some insurance and, and other things of that as well. Awesome. awesome man. Yeah, definitely uh, good advice that you gave out there is getting getting started early. I tell everyone, like, you can't start the home buying process too early. Like, even if you're not ready, start getting your ducks in a row. Talk to somebody that does mortgages, real estate, mm-hmm. because, you know, you kind of, in the beginning, you won't really necessarily know maybe what your budget is or how much money you need for closing or, um, you know, what you can afford, all that stuff. So if you start early, it gives you time to maybe you need to get your credit worked on a little bit. It yeah. gives you time to do all that stuff. So... You definitely did it the right way. Yeah, made yeah. our lives much easier. For sure. Um, how long would you say, Tyler, that that whole process was from when you actually were like, all right, I'm ready to start looking and putting offers in to when you closed? What, what do you think that was? Yeah, um, that's really a hard question for me to answer because I had started looking um, kind of introductory um, in 2019 when I started my job um, Mm -hmm. or got the offer for my job. I started early 2020 and then the world changed, right? Yeah. Um, But I also knew that based on what I'm doing, similar to to you both, it's a lot based on the work you put into it, Mm -hmm. what your, your income is, what your, you know, prospects are, is a lot of what you put into it. So I knew that I had to plan well in advance in order to make that happen and get myself to the level where I was ready. Um, But where I really started getting serious was this year. And a lot of that was because I needed 21 and 22 um, kind of final returns and stuff to come through. So I had two solid years of income to show because 20 and 19 were not good. So that, that really helped along the way. And and Casey coached me through that. Yeah. So really started probably January of 23 is probably when I started reaching out to you pretty heavily and and same with you, Casey. Yeah. And what, uh, so we just talked on our last episode about the real estate market Mm -hmm. and how competitive it is, how many like multiple offer situations we get in. Um, how many offers that we compete against that maybe don't have a mortgage, they're paying cash, they're waiving inspections, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, um, I mean, your thoughts on that, right? Because we deal with this every day, but mm-hmm. this is like, you know, your first time going through that. Of course. What was, you like, I don't know, you're a pretty even keel guy, which helps, you know what I mean? You weren't like overly emotional about certain houses, but like, just take us through that a little bit, what that was like on the buyer side. Yeah, on the buyer side, it's, it's really interesting because uh, especially now you feel as though you're not in that position of strength. You don't have a ton of bargaining power, if you will. Um, so what you end up doing is going in and writing an offer, usually well above asking, and then someone comes in even more above asking, right? So I know one we had looked at and, you know, put an offer in. I thought it was a pretty strong offer. I was going to require the inspection. I was going to require a lot of other things of that nature. But it wasn't like I was selling a house. Um, it wasn't like I had to find other financing for down payment assistance or anything like that. So I was like, okay, feel pretty good about that. I was like five or ten over asking. And then turns out I got outbid by probably, what, twenty or 30000 The first one? The first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first one in Elkton? Yep. Yeah. So I got outbid by quite a bit, and they came in with cash. Yeah. And... Like you said, Casey, I, I feel as though I'm relatively even keeled. So I was like, well, if I'm the seller, <laughs> I'd do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't blame them one bit. Yeah. They had the offers presented to them and they picked the best one. So I don't blame them. But then, you know, you go through that five, six, seven times. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you how many times we went through that. I want to say we put five or six offers I in. I think you're right. Total. Yeah. And the one that we thought was pretty much a done deal and then fell apart. Yes. We, we can, I'm not sure if you want to talk about that one very much, but, you know, we had 
put an offer out there. They countered a, a touch higher, still below asking. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Good mm-hmm. location, good house. I was like, perfect. Let's do it. Let's let's set up the contract. So contract gets sent over to the seller. Never gets signed. A week goes by. <laughs> kind of verbal. Like, I mean, they counter verbal. offered verbally. Yeah. They did. With what they wanted. And I said, all right, I'm good with that. I didn't I didn't want to haggle with them. I was yeah. like, over 10000 you know, on a mortgage, that's what, six, seven bucks a month. Something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to quarrel with you. Let's do it. Let's make the deal. Mm-hmm. And paperwork never gets signed. Week goes by. They changed their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm sure we part of the process. Yeah. I'm sure we, we could have, that's, that's the situation where it's like, do you pursue any legal recourse? Wasn't worth the time. It wasn't worth the time. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, if they're not going to e-sign some documents, they're going right. to show up to do <laughs> right. else. money out of your pocket and uh-huh. the whole deal. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, we just accepted it as it was and moved on mm-hmm. to the next. And, I also didn't need the house. Yeah. I I was fortunate enough to be in a situation where I knew that the home buying process, fortunately, not the case for everyone else, but I didn't have to go in with a crazy high offer. I didn't have to go in and say, I need this house. If it was the right price and the right opportunity, then sure, I'll Mm -hmm. do it. But it had to be those two things for me. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, like when you're looking at a house, what it's listed for really doesn't matter right now. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's kind because of, everything is going over. Not everything, but in a lot of cases, they're listed a little bit lower. They're going yeah. If over. the house is priced competitively, then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're gonna get multiple bids. Yep. So yeah. what I kind of always w- wanted to like make sure we were on the same page with is don't worry necessarily about what the sales price is and what you're offering. Right. Are you comfortable with the numbers? Are you comfortable mm-hmm. going in here? Um, because that, at the end of the day, is what you have to live with. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, really, at the end of the day, you get your house. Like, it doesn't matter what the seller listed it for. That means absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and as long as the house is appraising for what you're buying it for, um, things like that. But um, one other thing I wanted to bring up, because we talked about this in the last episode, is that, so you guys have toured a bunch of houses. Mm-hmm. You put in offers on five or six of them. Like the house that you ended up buying, mm-hmm. tell the story about that, like how you how you <laughs> scouted that one out. Because that's a big thing for anybody looking is it like is. use your own network to try to find opportunities. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. So we looked at a, a place that was across the street and one over from where I ended up buying. And it was a, a foreclosure. And we had done a foreclosure prior to that, um, like the offer for it. Yep. And I put in well below asking just kind of putting it out there and thinking there's no way the bank takes this. And they didn't, which is fine. Um, there was another foreclosure and I was like, ah, if I have to deal with the bank again, this is not <laughs> fun. And we looked at the handiwork of the repairs, quote unquote, that the the bank had them do. I was like, ah, I don't like it, but you know, I'll still tour it, check it out, see what's what. And uh, we were about to do it. I was ready to do it. I was ready to write the offer. And um, I wanted you know, back to Cafe on the Bay, back to my mom, right? Um, I was out of town that weekend, and I was like, hey, could you drive through the neighborhood? I wanted to make sure it was somewhere that was safe, would hold pretty decent value. She's been through the home buying process before. She knows what safe neighborhoods or good neighborhoods look like, what bad neighborhoods look like. So I said, would you do me a favor and just drive through? I didn't ask her to go in, do anything else. I said, go ahead and drive through, right? Um, So knowing her and you both know her pretty yeah. well and she's been on the podcast highly recommend checking that out yeah. um she took it upon herself to go around the house check it out 
she was like, like the house neighborhood seems good, right? And then she went around to other neighbors, and this is something she picked up from uh, her her dad, my grandfather. If he was going to buy a house, he did real estate investing for years and years. He would flip, he would do rentals, all that stuff. He would walk around the neighborhood, door knock, and ask people, how do you feel about living here? Mm-hmm. Make sure it's something they felt safe with, what neighborhoods or what neighbors are bad, because you could buy an, a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood, mm-hmm. but your neighbor's not nice. That's not going to be a good experience. Yeah, yeah. So he would go through that whole process. So she was doing the same thing. And she knocks on the door. This guy's heading in and out. And um, he was like, oh, you're looking? She's like, well, my son is. So she was like, well, you know, I just want to know what you feel about the neighborhood. And he was like, well, I've been here 27 years. Always felt good. I like the neighborhood. Love my neighbors. They're, they're pretty solid people. I'm actually thinking of listing my place in about two weeks. <laughs> he says, is that right? He says, yeah. And I know what it, the, the one across the street's listed for. I'll do for pretty much the same if I walk away with it that much, if we can do it without a realtor. And that put me in a bind. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, Jason's been working with me for yeah. four months at that point, yeah. pretty heavily, and then known each other for years. Um, so I was like, well, that's not going to happen, and I don't want to write contracts up. I don't yeah. want to have to deal with inspections and yada, yada. Yeah. That's what Jason does. So I was like, okay, we can make it to where you're walking away from the deal with what you're asking for, mm-hmm. and we'll just tack on whatever just build to the it on top, price. and so he can edit it out. Yep, and it worked out, and he was a gem to work with Great the guy. seller, and uh, yeah, my mom set up most of the whole thing, and yeah, that's awesome. Props to her for making that happen. Yeah, and you didn't need to compete against anybody else. Didn't even hit the market. You were able to get inspections, mm-hmm. which is hard to do if you're competing against somebody else right now. Yeah, I didn't have to come in with cash. Yep, you know. Yeah, so so definitely shout out to Tammy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for Huge sure. Shout out. Huge for shout sure. out. That doesn't come together without her. No. Yeah, that's First awesome. And yeah, and that's I mean one of the things we talked about last week, and also the situation of Jason, you still being able to help out with that because, mm-hmm. right. like you said, Tyler, especially your first time buying a house, you don't want to mm-hmm. like get into because contracts are there for a reason. They hold the seller accountable. Mm-hmm. They hold you accountable as the buyer. Yeah. Um, Jason's, you know, his job is to know what's in there, right, and know what the, where the protections lie. Um, you know, set up things like the inspections and make sure that everything's negotiated. So mm-hmm. pretty cool that that worked out. Oh, yeah. um, right. You know, and there's a reason why we talked about that in the last episode is that, you know, if you're out there and you're struggling to find something, um, you know, do some do some door knocking. You know, really, if you have a neighborhood especially mm-hmm. that you're interested in, because it can definitely, uh, it can pay off by you finding never something know. that's off market. Yeah, you never know. And the speaking of the contract piece, you know, the first offer that I had put in and, you know, put earnest money down, the whole the whole deal. Um, Jason was like, hey, we'll go through the contract together. We sat at this very table here, <laughs> yes, went we line did. by line through that contract, and he made sure that I felt comfortable. And, and that goes a long way. And then similar for, for Casey, when I was trying to put together, okay, what can I afford? What can my monthly payment be? Monthly payment I can do on my own. That's that's what I do more or less for a living. Right? Yeah. But the other stuff, how the mortgages work, where the loans got to be from, what program are we going into, mm-hmm. conventional, FHA, all that stuff. Casey, you know, I sat down in his office um, and we talked for a yep. little bit and he was like, okay, purchase price, you can pre-qualify for whatever. Yeah. You're, you're going to be fine. I want to know what you can afford. And we went kind of backwards into yep. the deal. And that made a lot of sense for me because now I know what my mortgage is is something I'm comfortable with. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I could have went out and got 
all this credit and okay, now what do I do? I got to make that monthly payment. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's like one of the most common questions I get right. when people first start, especially first time home buyers. They're like, well, mm-hmm. what's my, what's my pre-approval? Like, and if you go to, um, you know, a website, online lender, and you put mm-hmm. in your information, it's going to ask you some very basic questions and you're going right. to fill it out yourself. It's going to spit out a number that says you're pre-approved up to whatever amount. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you said, and, and what I've always tried to do is work backwards from that and say, like, right. let's start with the monthly payment you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. uh, out-of-pocket number you're comfortable with, and then we can work our way back into the sales price. That way you're not looking at stuff that you're just not comfortable affording. And those numbers will change slightly based on you know, property taxes. Mm-hmm. Cash yep. to close is going to change depending on the state, the jurisdiction that you're in yep. because of transfer taxes and things like that. So. Yes, Having those conversations with someone like Casey who knows oh, yeah. the market, knows the area is the right thing to do. Right? Yeah. Knowing what the cash to close was is huge, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, I can put 5% down or whatever the number is. And you're like, oh, that's only this amount. And you're like, no, you got to factor in all that other stuff, just yeah. like you were saying. That's that's valuable knowledge to have. Yeah. yeah. I just saw somebody post on Facebook. Um like asking for help, they were like, we found a house we want to buy, but the cash to close came in a little bit higher than what we were thinking. Mm-hmm. We're short like seven grand. And I'm like, who are you working with? Yeah, how does that happen? That you literally are short seven grand. Nice. You're like, you found your house now mm-hmm. and you're and you're short that much money. That's a lot. Um, probably an online, you know, pre-approval mm-hmm. that got spit out. And they're thinking, like you said, maybe they're thinking, all right, three and a half percent down, got that covered, but... No one ever told them that you need to come up with closing costs. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, that that closing cost, cash to close portion. Yeah. Is is probably the big, maybe the biggest unknown for buyers. Yeah. Like where all those dollars come from, what they're for, and then mm-hmm. like ultimately what you we're you gonna have to come to the table with. Correct. Yeah. And that was the thing I, I told Casey on the front end. I'm comfortable putting together this amount for the front end. And then on this amount for, for monthly. Mm-hmm. So we, we just went from there and said, okay, this is what you can afford. This is what it's got to be. These are the programs available, et cetera, et cetera. I'll work with Jason from time to time, make sure we're, we're covering all our bases. Yeah. So you guys talked, I'm sure, obviously here regularly, but yeah. aside from that, doing business together. Yeah. You know, so not to make this an interview of you guys, but how do you coordinate that? What, what does that process look like? Of course, lenders and realtors are working together regularly. Yep. What's that kind of look like as far as you guys kind of working together along the process for a buyer? Yeah. So, um, do you want to start just because a lot of times people come to you first, right? Yeah. I mean, um, as far as the communication between case and I, um, it's, it's super simple knowing that like we understand the way that we communicate. Mm-hmm. I think that's the 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 first part, like the actual relationship that we have, is the the most important part in um in our in our working relationship is our personal relationship. But mm-hmm. so you know, I, I'm just trying to find out. You know, Casey has given me you know, the pre approval information. We I I kind of know the general um, price points and things like that. I'm not necessarily concerned with the monthlies and things like that but when it comes to a time when you have identified a house i'm sending him uh address Mm -hmm. price we're thinking about taxes Mm -hmm. anything that might be out of the ordinary Mm -hmm. um and he's coming back to me saying yeah that'll work um you know and then i I would assume you know touching base with tyler and and putting all those numbers you know together with you to make sure that um they fit your budgets as well right but yeah but we have a 
a super easy. I think that you keep it simple is, mm-hmm. is the most important thing. As long as we've got those benchmark numbers that we're all on the same page about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, and I think just the fact that we are communicating, because I hear so many horror stories where it's like, well, you know, I wanted to put an offer in, couldn't get a hold of the lender or, mm. you know, um, I left him a message two days ago. He hasn't got back to me. And it's like, just the fact that we do communicate constantly makes everything, it puts us all on the same page. Mm-hmm. So like usually, in, at, you know, the initial text will be like, hey, I have uh, somebody looking to put an offer in on a house or wants to go see a house. They need to talk to you to run some numbers for the mortgage side. We'll have the conversation that we did about working backwards and all that. And then uh, usually to Jason, it'll be like, hey, here's the the, the goal budget. Um, here's like the stretch number. If they really wanted to go up higher, they could go to this number. So as you're looking in that search criteria, you know, you could set it up to this number, but make sure that I run numbers on anything before you put an offer in. Mm-hmm. And then, like he said, he'll send me a text saying, um, hey, we're looking at this one. Here's the price point. Here's the property taxes. Um, and then occasionally we'll get um, buyers that might be looking at a certain price range mm-hmm. and something may change. And yep. they either they have access to more funds or they get, mm-hmm. they're tired of you know fighting and losing offers in a certain price range. And then they'll come to me. And they'll say, "Hey, I want to see this house." And I'm like, "Oh, that doesn't really." Work. That's like that, two hundred thousand more than <laughs> yeah, that. Doesn't make sense to me. Right. And so that's when you and I usually get back up. And yep. again, I don't need to know the particulars as far as where the money is coming from. It's, right. "Hey, this is different. What's going on? Are they good?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "Yep, it's fine as long as you know X, Y, and Z." Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had that happen a few times too. Yeah. And and that's really interesting to me because you're working with people and there's emotions in the, the whole deal mm-hmm. and for you it's it's business but of course there's emotions that come into it yeah. so you got to kind of understand who it is you're working with and then say hey what's let's be you know try to be rational with this because maybe you do have a a buyer that's hey i'm willing to jack this thing up to make mm-hmm. sure i get this house Happens whatever all it costs. the time all the time but then they might not know they're kind of putting themselves in a, a poor position with casey when yep. they go to talk with him or maybe vice versa, right? Yep. So it's it's really important to have that collaboration and yep. that team in place. Yeah, I think the fact that we work together, and I know you know we all all three of us worked really well together. Correct. I think the even keel portion is a is a is huge. a big part of it. Yeah, huge. Because I I know it's an emotional process. Yeah. But uh, when you let your emotions run that process, man, it puts stress on not only yourself but but everyone. It does. On, on everyone. Does. Um, so yeah. I, I was very grateful for your even keel nature. Yeah, well, I think we all have that in common. Yeah. Which helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have not always been there, but I am yeah. now. <laughs> grateful is the word for it. Yeah. Um, gratitude for me is one of the main things that are personal to me. That's mm-hmm. something I, I try to be mindful of at all times, being mm-hmm. grateful for what I have. I mean, the three of us, we're, we're all pretty blessed, I would say, yeah. right? Yeah. Good positions, yada, yada. Um, so keeping that in mind just makes everything else easier. As I was going through the process, I was thinking, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Yeah, you said that several times in the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, man, offer didn't come through. He would... I would get a, you know, a text, a phone call, an email, whatever the case. Hey, man, didn't happen. Seller went another direction. All right. We'll look again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, I, and I, I did my best to, like, also kind of be like, this is happening a lot. Like, oh, I, of course. I feel so bad because I've got lots of clients that are, that's happening to all of them still. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, we <laughs> we get deals. Yeah. But but more often than not right now, it's, it's a not so good news mm-hmm. conversation. Right. Yeah. Where does the gratitude thing come from for you? 
for me, because that's something I want to instill in my kids, you know, because I feel the same way. But like, where does that come from for you? Like, how, how did you, uh, how did you come to be that way? It, it comes from my mom. It yeah. does. And in my, um, my grandparents on her side as well, they're just very grateful people, very even keeled people. Mm-hmm. And you have to recognize how good you have it sometimes. And things don't always go your way. Mm-hmm. Not everything's going to go your way. So you got to understand, hey, man, it is what it is. There's people out there that got much worse than you. And, and that's just how it goes. So yeah. gratitude for me is huge. Um, I have a tattoo on my back, um, back piece that I'm working on, and it's travel and gratitude. So the gratitude's the center of that. It's a, a knot, the gratitude spiral. Mm-hmm. means a lot to me. And then um, different travel that I've done is, is a piece of that as well. So it's, it's core to who I am. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your, I mean, you're big on gratitude as well, right, Jason? Yeah, I am. I, I think for, for me, um, just having control over my thoughts more than anything else has kind of what has driven me to gratitude more than anything else. I mean, I used to get really emotional mm-hmm. and uh, I wasn't intentional about how I thought about things, how I perceived situations. And once I, I mean, I'm, this is all really new, but once I realized that I have full control over kind of my uh, outward experience through my inward experience, then I've just had so much uh, peace otherwise in my life. And that's something to be grateful for. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing is I, I feel as though the three of us around this table are all a little bit type A, if you will, mm-hmm. more assertive, willing to go out there and, and try to make things happen in the way that it should, right? Um, and like you said, that control piece I want to control as much in, as I can, but also I have to let go and realize there are certain things you can't control. Mm-hmm. If a, a buyer comes in and they're offering 30000 more than me and it's coming all cash, more power I to can't them. control that. <laughs> yeah. More power to them. I, I've said that one before. Hey, man, good for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I think um, the, the gratitude thing, though, it is huge. And it really is it's perspective. And I remember Stephen saying something about that. Because Stephen has a uh, McClay, our buddy that was just mm-hmm. on, has a great perspective on things, and gratitude is one of his big yes. things. And he was he referenced a couple people that he knew that, um, you know, young people that were in just just not good situations with I don't know if it was sickness, they had cancer, something like that, and uh, you know that gives you perspective to be grateful for what you do have, huge. the smallest things. Yeah, yeah. huge. Yeah, I I know. Um, Growing up, you, you go through school and you see kids that got the, the holes in the tennis shoes. The you know They're not wearing a coat when it's cold out. And you're like, oh, that's wonder why they're not doing that. And then later on in life, you realize, oh, their parents just can't make that happen for them. Yeah. You know? So they're like, oh, I got a warm coat. I got shoes that I need. I'm able to do this, that, and the other on top of all of the necessities. Mm-hmm. I got it pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to take what comes to you sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, uh, I remember being in elementary school. And we had taken clothes over to uh, the homeless shelter there in Earlville. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, is that Deep Roots or a different one? It's Deep Roots. Yeah, but Deep Roots is great. They do yeah. awesome work. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yep. Um, it was something before. I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. but I remember taking over, you know, clothes that we donated to them. And it was weird at that point. I never, I didn't realize that, like, I thought the people that were there that we were donating these clothes to were, like, not... Um, they were volunteers or something. No, I I just didn't like the people that were going to be benefiting from the clothes that we donated. I didn't think that they were like, I don't know. I couldn't make the connection to them really. Mm-hmm. Right. But 
in school, literally like a week later, um, a kid comes in wearing a pair of shoes that I donated. Mm-hmm. And like, I recognized them cause they were like, you know, I don't know at that point in my life, I guess I just recognized these shoes and I'm like, yeah, dude, I still remember that. This wow. was like fourth grade. I'm like, this wasn't like a family that is like, you know, th- these people are in our, our community or school. Like it's mm-hmm. not who you might expect that is, uh, Indeed. taking these donations yeah, it just blew my mind it still does like <clears throat> I, but i remember like thinking about that i didn't say anything obviously but i remember thinking like man you know again that gives you the perspective of this is something to be grateful for this is a classmate of mine a friend of mine mm-hmm. had no idea that he yeah. was in a position where you know he was the one receiving that so Absolutely. um I, I, just real quick on gratitude too. this thing always it always pops up when we talk about it um, Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, one of the all time great Eagles, a guy who just had this unbelievable persona on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, he deals with, uh, like depression, which mm-hmm. I never really knew, but I heard him on a podcast and he talked about having an alarm set on his phone. I think it's every hour during the day. You ever heard this? No. Has an alarm set on his phone that goes off like every hour. And when it does, he stops what he's doing and takes a minute to reflect and be grateful for something that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said it basically pulls him out of, you know, very dark places because when your mind, when you're uh, grateful and your mind is triggered and thinking about gratitude, you can't be in a depressed or anxious place. Um, so he basically does that like every hour just to break himself out of whatever he's gone through at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Takes that time to be grateful, takes a couple deep breaths and then, I mean, it happens again just throughout the day. And uh, Bradley has, what has he got, the sign? Like he says, when he wakes up, mm-hmm. uh, I guess he has some sort of something on his wall that says, congratulations, you got another day. Yeah. Right. He's like, how can you not be grateful you woke up today? And that's True. that's one of his yep. uh, core tenets, I think. Yeah, one of his things is, uh, and where that comes from, is he says, how would you feel if I gave you a million dollars? Yep. And everyone's like, oh, I feel great. Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. And so he's what like, what if you couldn't wake up tomorrow? Yeah. How would you feel? Mm-hmm. Would you take the million? And everyone's like, no, of course not. I want to wake up tomorrow. He's like, what if it was 10 million? What if it was a billion? And I give you all this money, right? And, but then you can't wake up tomorrow. So he's like, so why don't, when you wake up in the morning, if you know it's worth more than a billion dollars, you just said that, you just said that, then why don't you wake up and walk around like you're, you just got a check for a billion dollars because it's more important than the money. Yep. You can't put a human, uh, a value on that human life. You really can't. And doing what I do, Unfortunately, I have to, right? I'm, yeah. I'm doing a life insurance policy. I got to figure out, okay, how do we make sure if something happens to this person, their family is going to be okay? Yep. And they don't have to figure out a different living situation or, mm-hmm. you know, go back to work right after being a widow or whatever the case is, right? So it's really hard to come up with that. And every time I go through that process, I'm like, man, life is worth so much more than mm-hmm. whatever number I'm putting on this oh, application. Yeah. yeah. You know, but. I like that alarm every hour. I might have to implement that because that's that's really cool because it can break you out of the minutia of your day. Yeah. Because we're we're busy folks and our hours all shift, right? Yeah. So who knows when we're working and when we're not? And uh, a lot of that is you know break you out of that cycle and just yep. be like, okay, let's let's reflect on what's good. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Um, and and just to your point about putting a dollar, you know you have to keep in mind that you're not putting a dollar amount on that. You know, you're not trying to replace that person. No. You're just looking at it more of a, you know, what, what is the dollar amount that would make sure that the family at least can move on financially? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Cause you're never going to replace, you know, a no. person or uh, a pet, anything. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no dollar amount that's going to make that loss 
not be what it is. Right. And that's part of that conversation yeah. that I'll have with them. Hey, we're going through this and this is not what you're worth. This is what we need to do to make sure the family's good. Yep. You know, and it's, it's kind of weird to go through that. And then you have those other conversations where you're saying, Hey, you got kids, you got a house. Let's make sure you got that will, power of attorney, healthcare directive. I'm going to refer, you know, give you a referral for an attorney that I know in the area. And I want you to have that tough conversation with them and just be honest with them. Mm -hmm. What is it that you want to happen in different situations? They're going to ask those hard questions. I want you to answer them if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Cause I mean, a hard conversation now, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is way different than, you know, what your family's going to go through if you don't put these things in place. Absolutely. You know? And, uh, at that time too, I mean, I just know from when losing my dad, it was like, mm. I felt like a lot of that fell on my shoulders of trying to figure it out. And it's at a time in your life where you literally just don't even, you really don't have the mental capacity to handle something like that. Mm-hmm. So as the person, you know, if you could think about that and get stuff in line, that way it makes it easier for your family. That alone is worth a lot. It is. You and know, it, the, it's almost a shame, but a lot of times when people are passing away and if it's a little bit earlier than you might expect, the people that have to deal with that, they got kids, they got a full-time job, they got things they got to do, and then you add that onto their plate. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of that's removing some of that obligation from the family and just saying, hey, wouldn't you like to determine what happens rather than the state of Maryland or the state, you know, Cecil County yeah. or one of the kids and they have to fight with the, the other siblings, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Why don't you take some control here and, and let people know what's what and put some pen to paper and make it legal. Yeah. yeah. It's important work that you do, man. Appreciate that. Um, I want to ask you about travel just because you, you mentioned it and I, yeah. you know, I see you've been huge. <laughs> some, some really cool places here in the past year or so. Right. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what what's the driver behind that? What kind of things do you look for? Yeah, um, a lot of this goes to, to gratitude. That's why the two weave together for me. And, um, of course, it's not exclusive. I can be, you know, grateful for anything, but travel is a lot of that. And um, my goal is to reach all the continents except for Antarctica. I don't want to be cold. Oh, come on, man. See, that's where, <laughs> I, don't I, need do, that's where I do want to go. <laughs> nah, nah, too cold <laughs> not for me. Not for long. I yeah, just fair. want to go there and fair. But I'm going to visit all the continents um, in the next year or so. If I can do it right and everything works out, I might be able to do all of them before the end of this year. It just nice. depends. Australia is a tough one to get to. Yeah, That's a that's a long plane ride. Uh, but I'm doing Japan in a few weeks. I'll be there uh, first week of July. Uh, be interesting to miss the 4th of July. That's, that's, kind of, that's pretty important to me. Yeah. But I'll be in Japan. So that's going to be an interesting way hmm. to celebrate that. Um, and then I'll do Morocco in, uh, September and October. That'll be cool. And I've done Europe, um, South America, Colombia for all the stigma that it gets. And some of that's earned, but that time has passed. Um, that's a beautiful country. Um, really cool place to go. Highly recommend it to anyone that can Hmm. get out there and has the interest to be a bit of an adventurer. Um, we did a a really cool hike out there. It was just a blast. Yes. My mom, myself, and my brother. And then we did uh, Puerto Rico last week, which was his Bought graduation. A house and then yeah. went to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember um, texting Casey and Jason, and we had put the offer in, and I was like, hey, can we get it moved up? <laughs> I, want it, I want it on uh, May 19th, if possible. I'm flying out on the 28th, yep. and I want to make sure I get moved in and have a couple things together. I need a bed. Yeah. I need some stuff put together before I fly out and 
you know, initially that settlement date was going to be when I was away. I was like, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can we move it up? And, you know, Casey said it was all good. Jason, yep. you know, talked with the seller and we were all set. So yeah. it, it all came together. Worked out. Yeah. What are you um, going to do in Morocco? Morocco is going to be really cool. Uh, we'll be staying in Marrakesh. And um, I'll do a couple days in the desert if I can, um, do some hiking out there. Um, but they have some really cool markets out there. Um, I actually have a client that's uh, Moroccan. So I talked to him a couple weeks ago, and I was mm. like, hey, I have this book trip, uh, this trip booked. What should I do? And he's like, all right, you got to go here, here, and here. And if you can, get out to Casablanca because it's on the coast. It's a cool coastal city. So uh, I'm trying to fit all the logistics of that together. That's awesome, man. But there's cool markets, cool history. I mean, the cradle of civilization civilization out there yeah so all sorts of interesting history wow. yeah i like that about your travel it's like you're not going to a all-inclusive and sitting on the beach for a week no. it's like you're no. you're literally like go hiking through you know small villages like you're yeah. you're getting the experience of the culture there when you go somewhere try and yeah japan that, that's an interesting one for me it's eight days i uh, got a direct flight jfk into tokyo i'm hopping on that plane with a backpack and nothing else <laughs> that's it um, leaving the computer at home, um, you know, well, I'm fortunate enough to be able to leave kind of work behind, fortunate. Um, so I'm going to hop on that plane and then uh, I'll book hostels and figure out what happens from there. I don't have a set itinerary. I know I'll do Mount Fuji. I know I'll spend a couple of days in Tokyo and a couple in Kyoto. Other than that, I'll just kind of see where it takes me. Uh, awesome. It's an interesting experience. It's kind of new to me mm -hmm. um, and doing it solo is is interesting as well. So it's yeah, just really cool. doing yeah. a journey. And I was like, I'm 24. I may as well. If I have kids and, you know, other obligations, I'm not going to be able to do it's this. It's harder to do that, yeah. So fortunate enough to be able to do it. And I was like, why not? That's yeah. awesome. Why not? I think it's great. It's taking control of, of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely something that you have a window in your life of time that you can do that. Right. And a window where you can't. So, yeah, get it in now, man. Do all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, Casey, you can't just... All right, I'm heading out for a week nah, and a half. I could, right? but my house would be empty when I got home. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Danielle and the kids yeah. would be gone. Right, You'd rub a few people the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason, um, you got the dog to take care of. Yes. I mean, it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't leave the dog, Madison, Lily. And right now, the cat at home. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. yeah, yeah. So definitely make the most of it, man. That's awesome that you do that, right. and uh, yeah, enjoy it. And and honestly, like you you set up your life in this way, right? You have a job that allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so to anyone out there, like this can be done. And you, you know? thought about all this before it happened. Yeah. I was very deliberate with everything that I did. And, you know, going through high school, I was like, I want to do, you know, finance. And then I got into college. I was like, I want to be uh, in the insurance industry as an actuary. And then I pivoted and I was like, actually, I like talking to people too much. It's an actuary. You're sitting at a desk eight to 12 hours a day, whatever it is on spreadsheets and, mm. and whatnot, doing models. And I was like, no, that's, I got to be out and about and uh, make an impact, a direct impact on people. Yeah. So having that, that work-life balance, I, I know you both have talked about that a lot here on the podcast mm -hmm. and, and that's really good information to get out to people. But if you're able to do it, man, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate having you on. Um, certainly appreciate your business as well. Thanks like for your it, trust, bro. Yeah, it means, Absolutely. It means a lot to us. Um, obviously, it's what we do, but it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
it's it's a cool experience to to share it with somebody like you who's a good right. friend of ours yeah. and um you know kind of be there with you every step of the way and and certainly from here on out as well so i can't help you if you buy a house in morocco though yeah <laughs> not licensed out there maybe get a referral you. or something <laughs> I got you. um any parting words you want to share with us yeah i think or, the, with the audience the main thing is you know if you're out there and you're looking for a house there's two wonderful resources here at Thanks, this table man. and um highly recommend you talk with them they're not going to charge you anything until you go through with the deal. So, I mean, they're just here waiting for you. I mean, they're busy people. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, they they make themselves available at a, at a moment's notice if you need them. And, you know, they'll talk with you and just give you good advice that's in your best interest and not theirs. So that's that's the main thing for me. And then, of course, be grateful. Yeah, appreciate Thanks, it, man. Bro. Jace? You know I'm not good. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we appreciate you being here. Until next time, this is The Real Deal. We'll talk to you later. See y'all. Appreciate it.